Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Would you please rise for this morning's Bible readings? We'll be having two lessons this morning. Uh, the first is from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then do so generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do this cheerfully. Our second reading is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 and 6, and 11 through 16. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head of Christ, that is the head of Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Thank you, Chuck. I'm going to ask that you pray with me this morning. Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word, to hear your message for us today. And so God, as we, as we turn our eyes to scripture in your word, God, I ask that the words that I speak no longer be my own, but they would be your words for your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. So week six of our series 
uh, of We Believe. I mean, we've come a long way. Uh, covered some pretty important topics and the basics of our Christian faith and what John Wesley, uh, our founder, would have to say about them. We've recited the Apostles' Creed multiple times and picked it apart to see what is really written down within this creed. And I wonder if any of these topics that we've discussed surprised you at all. I wonder if anything caught you off guard as we talked about these core beliefs that we have. I mean, maybe you've heard convictions or assurances in how our founder, John Wesley, viewed them. I mean, I've got to say that, that I actually have enjoyed preparing for this series uh, for each and every Sunday, and I hope that you've been inspired by the services and the messages over the past six weeks, which brings us to today, the final week in our series. Today, we look at this wonderful word, church. What does a church look like? What does the church act like? What does it sound like? And so maybe I should start with a question that I would love for you to respond in the worship conversations uh, chat room there. And that is, when you think of this, what is the church? What is the church? And so I'm going to encourage you to do that as we, as we continue on. Uh, if you've got a word or a phrase that just pops into your head that says, what is the church? Well, this is how I view the church, and this is how I do. And so it'll be interesting to see what some of you share as you, uh, as you look at that. Uh, so what are, yeah, what are some of the words that come to mind when you hear the word church? Uh, and while you're responding to that, I'm going to remind you that you have your bulletins handy. You've got all those spaces that you can take notes. It's got scripture passages and, uh, and questions to reflect on throughout the week. So I'm going to encourage you to have those as well. So as we have done every week through this series, we have recited the, recited the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and so I'm going to ask that we recite this one more time uh, as it is in your bulletin and on the screen here this morning. Uh, and so will you recite this with me? And actually, may you truly pray this and believe in the words that you speak. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So, we notice here in the, uh, in the creed that we are proclaiming that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. In the Holy Catholic Church. Now, I've been asked by many people in the, in the past whether or not that says we believe in the, the Catholic Church, like, say, St. Thomas More just down the street. And while we believe in those churches, it's not necessarily what we're saying here. But let's break it down just a little bit more. First, we find the adjective toward the beginning of the sentence, holy. This does not mean that we only believe in a church that is holy, that is perfect, 
that is righteous in the eyes of God. I mean, if, if we believed in only a holy church, a perfected church, we might never find it. We might never find it. What we mean is that the church is sacred. It is set apart. It means that the church belongs to God. The church is not a place for a bunch of perfect people, and if, and if that's what we think it is, I'm pretty sure it would be empty. I know that I wouldn't be allowed to be inside. The church is a place for broken people. It is a safe haven for those who are hurting and lonely and feeling lost. It's, it's not a country club for the spiritually healthy. It's a hospital for the spiritually sick. It's not a country club for the spiritually healthy, but a hospital for the spiritually sick. The church becomes holy when we recognize that we all belong to God and not the other members. We need to be about the work God calls us to and not the work that we want to do. When we do this, we realize just how we are set apart called to the sacred work of Jesus Christ because we belong to him. So what do we mean by Catholic? First of all, notice that that, that is lowercase, Catholic, which means that we should see it as an adjective as well. This means that the, ch that the church universal, the entire church, all of those who are called by God to be set apart for his work, this includes Catholics, Baptists, Brethren, Lutherans, Pentecostals, Presbyterians, non-denominationals, Quakers, UCCs, and Methodists, and so many others. This Catholic Church is the Church of Jesus Christ, unified in His calling, His grace, His love, and His mercy. Jesus shares a prayer in John 17 where, where these words are spoken. I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is unity in Christ. Not that we all believe every single thing the same, but it's unified in Christ well, what else do we believe about the church? Well, the church is not a building, right? We did, we're going to sing that in just a moment. Uh, now, I know that we call this building here on the corner of Randall and Highland a, a church, but that's not necessarily what we're talking about here in service this morning. I mean, sure, in our vocabulary, the building is referred to a church building, but the real church is what inhabits this physical space. And I will say inhabits this physical space as well as so many physical spaces that are, uh, that are worshiping online. The Greek word for church comes from ecclesia, which really means called out. And many times in the New Testament, uh, it's referred to an assembly, a small group of people gathered for many different reasons. In fact, the word ecclesia is not exclusively used for talking about the Christian church. 
as we would say. Uh, it, it can actually have secular meanings as well. So using this language, we could say that the church is a group of people called out by God to do His will, to love God and to love our neighbor. Pretty simple, right? Pretty simple? <laughs> yes. Maybe incredibly hard, but pretty simple. Uh, well, as we see in our scripture passages today from the world around us and even the world inside these four walls, we can emphatically say that no, it is not that simple. It should be. Paul in his letters to the church in Rome and to Ephesus and to Corinthians and Galatia and all these other different places, I mean, he writes a lot about this. Now, he, would, he probably would only be writing about this if it was a problem. If people weren't being the church the way they were called to be, they, like many other churches, were having problems with unity. They were fighting among themselves and probably arguing about what hymns or songs they should be singing, what food they should have in the next potluck, about who said what to who, or maybe even about that person that showed up last week dressed like that. Can you imagine So Paul is reminding them about who they are and who they are called to be. They, like us, are called to be the church, the gathered body of believers who God will use to bring about his plan. We read it, uh, Chuck just read it just a, a moment ago. But Ephesians 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One hope that belongs to your call. We each have a call on our lives. Each one of us. You may not think that this morning as you look around and say, well, I don't know that I have a calling. You each have a calling on your life. And it's the call of God to participate in his plan for us. It's not going to be the same thing. I mean, how boring would life really be if we were all called to be the same if we were all called to be a, a judge, if we were all called to be a master of puzzles, uh, you know, if, if we were all called to be pastors, how boring would that be? We need differences. We need diversity in our lives and in our gifts. However, we still need unity in Christ. All of us need to be looking to God's desire for, uh, for us. And this is the unifying goal in our lives. Frankly, it comes down to those two commands that Jesus spoke about. You remember? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That would be a unified body of Christ, would it not? If every one of us at every moment of the day had nothing but the love of God and the love of our neighbor in our hearts, would that not be a perfect, unified body of Christ? Can we move on to perfection? Can we try to get to perfection? I would hope so. Now, I just stated that the church is a group of people, a body of believers. It's a, it's a community, and it needs to be a community. I once heard a pastor say that to take Christianity and make it a solitary religion is to kill it. At its very core, the church is community. We are what? We are Journey of Hope, a united Methodist community. 
We are a community. The United Methodist Church will follow along with John Wesley as he talks about the church in connection. Always, John was always talking about this connection that we have. We're a community connected with each other through our denomination as well as through Jesus Christ with other believers. Are we perfect? No. If we look at every church, I think we're going to find that none of them are. We're a little dysfunctional in one way or another. Do we know a family that's not dysfunctional in one way or another? I think we all have. You know, there's, there's that phrase that says, you know, if you're looking around your family and you're trying to find the black sheep of the family and you can't find them. <laughs> Sorry. I just looked over at Josie and she was just taking a sip of her coffee. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that to you. Now, if you. If you can't find the black sheep of the family, you might want to look in the mirror. So because we're imperfect people, while we're moving towards Christian perfection, we are still imperfect This is where problems and issues and attitudes and so many other things come from. It's just the way we are. But it doesn't mean that we can't be the church that God has called us to be. That is what we need. As a church, we need to be open and welcoming. We need to be loving and supportive, and we need to be caring and helpful. This is the church. This is the body of Christ doing the work of God in our communities and the world. Why would anyone not want this? Such a beautiful vision. I remember taking a, a group of youth. There was a particular year that was, was particularly more troublesome, it seemed, than, than others. But I would take a youth group to uh, Camp Courageous in Monticello, Iowa. Uh, and I was, this particular year, I was one of two pastors that, that took three different church youth groups on this work trip. It was during that trip that I, that I got a microcosm of what the church really can be. We started out this week, three churches, different kids, different lifestyles, different backgrounds. But we all worked together. We played together. We talked together. We prayed and we worshiped together. And by the end of the week, the bonds had grown through that Work and play and worship, friendships formed, and many different jobs got completed, including the work of the Spirit in their lives. Sure, there were tough times. Sure, there were times when we didn't all get along, and sure, there were times that I would have liked to have string a few of them up. But as I said earlier, we are imperfect people. But through the grace of God, we can accomplish more than we could ever dream of. I mean, I look around this room today and and think about all of you who are worshiping uh, out in cyberspace somewhere. And I see so many of the ways that you work together to form this body of Christ. Many of you serve this community, you know, through, through serving meals at pads, at the crisis center and at the soup kettle. We help at all people's interfaith food pantry. We just got done packing a thousand shoeboxes for Spirit Lake Reservation. Some have served at Henderson Settlement. In fact, there's a, there's a couple right now here or that is not here this morning because they're actually on their way to Henderson this morning. We got multiple teachers leading small groups all over this building on Sunday mornings as well as other days of the week. 
We're planning on fellowship groups to help connect seniors, giving them a space for games and for conversations, and yes, for puzzles too. And there's so much more. I encourage you to search out ways that, that we serve. Search out ways that we serve and then get connected with them. You know, if you want to help serve at a meal, help cook a meal, if you want to help at the, the pantries, stop by the Welcome Center. We'll get you the information. We'll get you connected so that you can help serve in the community. But I also want to remind you of this. Even if you don't get out there and serve in those areas, that we need your prayers. That we can pray for these groups. Because prayer is incredibly important. If you need, and if you don't remember, I once said that if we believe, if we believe that God provides everything that we need, then prayer is not optional. If we believe that God provides everything that we need, prayer is not optional. We need to pray for not only the church, but all of the ministries that are happening here and in our community and in our world. This is the church. This is the body of Christ as God has designed it. As the body of Christ, we are called to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to care for the sick, to heal the hurting, to show compassion, to speak out against injustices, to show mercy, love, and kindness, and walk humbly with our God. How are we doing with those things? Are we doing all of those things? Are we still holding tight to our individualism, looking for what's in it for me? Are we too interested in traditions and what we have always done to allow the Spirit to move in our midst? We are the church. We, I know you're probably singing that. We are the church. We are the chosen and called out by God to do His will. Will you accept the call and participate in God's kingdom? Will you hear God's call for us this morning? And will you participate in the kingdom? Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, God, we hear these words and this charge to actually be your church. God, we need help to be that church. God, we need your encouragement and your guidance. And so God, send your spirit to do that, to encourage us, to, to push us along when we need to, to guide us in the right paths. Call us to new ministries. Call us to the many different ways that that we need to participate in your kingdom. Because God, we are your church. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to encourage you to stand for our closing hymn. It's obviously one that I think you know. Uh, we're going to sing just a few of the verses here. I just needed to take a look at them really quick here. Uh, we're going to sing... No, we're going to sing all five. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, as I look through these words, I want you to proclaim all five verses. I want you to proclaim these because these words hold truth for us. So here is, we are the church.
Amen. What a wonderful song. And I know that I, even though I had my back to him, I know that some of the choir members, uh, as we were warming up this morning, were doing the hand motions. Uh, so I'm sure there are some people around you that might have been doing uh, some hand motions for that. Uh, so I, there's a question that was, that was brought up uh, that I'm going to answer a little bit later. Uh, because I think it's a very important question uh, that I got a question asked this morning. It says, what is the best way to deal with people who believe differently than we do? And so I'm going to respond to that, but I'm going to respond to that probably in our weekly e-news. Uh, so be on the lookout for that on Thursday for a response to that question. Uh, so just wanted to let you know that that was, that was coming. All right, so as we get ready to go forth from this place as the church... We're going to go forth and we're going to step across the hall. We're going to have some fellowship time and some refreshments uh, and some wonderful coffee uh, or tea or anything else you might want over there. But I want you to go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you and it goes with you always. Amen.